Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right. Good morning. Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project, episode 45 or 6 or 4, something. We're in the middle of the 40s, man. That's pretty, uh, like, it doesn't seem like it's that much, but. I know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, well, we're, it's not it's not in the thousands, it's not even a hundred, but it's still, you know, I I'm kinda kinda proud of that. Forty something. We it's, I don't stick with too many projects and I, I did this time. <laughs> no, that's good. How you doing, man? Uh pretty good. Um just like trying to I don't know, I guess I'm trying to get in a routine that yeah. I could like uh, stick to because like when it comes to like school and like work and all that stuff yeah um and <laughs> now I'm, I'm just trying to get into like a routine that i could uh that's like easy for me to like follow and stick to and just to like kind of just streamline everything yeah. i have to do yeah are you a, re- a routine person are you one no, of those people? Yeah, I'm see, not. That's the thing. I'm not either. It's like I'm like a, I don't know, a, I'm jumping around from thing to thing. And like I have, like I'm learning guitar and everybody's like, you know, telling me you got to practice, you got to focus on one thing. And I'm like, I, I can't even focus on one kind of guitar. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I have an acoustic and electric and a bass. So. I'll play the bass for a few months or a few weeks even and and then acoustic for a few weeks and then I'll jump over to the electric and it I don't know it just seems I can't I can't keep a job for more than you know four or five years I can't it, it's just not me man you get a uh, bored easily yeah yeah I I and please don't take it wrong and I I, I master things pretty fast and once i do that like I, I had this job once uh as a sheet metal worker and they told me that they couldn't afford to send me to school and the school lasted six months and they're going to give me two years to figure out this machine so it's mm-hmm. called a trumograph i figured out the machine in three months and, and like a year later i was gone i didn't even i wouldn't even have lasted through the school so <laughs> <laughs> once you figure something out it gets boring you got to go do something else right yeah. I mean, especially if it's something that you're not like uh super interested in. Mm-hmm. Like you could be really good at it, but if it's not like giving you yeah. like that feeling of fulfillment then Yeah, like high school dating. Yeah, it's gonna get boring. <laughs> it's gonna get boring. <laughs> oh man, what's up this week with, with uh you know what? I I read this thing yesterday, um about what's it called truth social it's opening tomorrow was oh, that trump's thing yeah tomorrow's <laughs> president's day and they they were gonna open it two months ago and then it didn't open and then now now it's the platform is supposed to open tomorrow are you gonna join um i might just to see what's what what, what they're talking about over there <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have a feeling what it's gonna be like just a bunch it's like a big old like circle jerk but yeah, well, it's going to be nothing but um, 
bashing Democrats or bashing the left and and QAnon, all kinds of shit. Why why in the world would you do something like that? I'm not even going to join it to see what they're doing, man. That's you know what? I'm wrong. I'll probably join just to just to troll them until I get kicked out. <laughs> until they until they censor you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's um is that's the the new way of doing things. The the new tolerance. We'll tolerate you till we can't tolerate you anymore. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I'm so tired. Like, uh, of what? <laughs> oh, uh, yesterday I, I went on one of those hour and a half, well, it was two hours, two hours of weightlifting. And this morning I woke up and I couldn't fucking move. Oh, like physically tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm mentally, I'm like... okay. Mentally I'm okay. I slept, but my body is like torn to pieces. I, I'm on this fucking kick of trying i'm trying to get in shape like when i was in my 20s like one last time i'm almost i'm almost 57 and man this sucks <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah i mean when you as you get older your body like uh like obviously doesn't like recover as fast yeah so you, you know you feel sore for longer and yeah yeah so, i mean it's i guess it's somewhat normal yeah, well, it has to do with um, recovery times have to do with testosterone shit like that. And after 35, that shit starts to drop off, you know. And, and then by the time you're my age, you're, I don't know. I don't know. This kind of, this whole getting a, getting old thing kind of fucking blows ass, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody really likes getting old. Well, you know what? I like the, uh, I like the men- mental part of it. Uh, like getting wiser and yeah, I guess experiencing you more in life. Yeah. Getting more experience and, and, uh, starting to figure yourself out and, you know, calm down and everything. You, you begin to work things out in your head. You, you begin to find out what's important, what's not important. And instead of getting, upset over all the stupid shit i got upset over when i was in my 20s and 30s now i'm just like i don't even know why i was what the fuck i was thinking i wasn't basically so and i'm not putting people down i'm not putting down i'm not one of those guys get older and 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 start blaming uh the youth because i miss my youth and i miss that fire and that edge and that anger and all that shit but it's it's not bad to um Calm down, think things through, more philosophical, more experienced, wise, I guess. I don't know. But no. the physical part of it is, mm, <laughs> nah, my, my dad says getting, getting old's not for pussies. And I, I know what he means now. He's, he's 83. I can't imagine being that fucking old. And here it comes, man. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, it's like, a, to me, it's. I think my your mindset kind of changes a lot, like yeah. as you get older. Because I think for like me, who's you know younger, like uh, getting older and like I don't know, just that thought is like very uh, daunting to me. Yeah, because 
Like, I don't, like, you don't want to get older, you know? Right. As a young person. And, but I mean, I feel like you're in a really good, like, spot because you're still very, like, active and. Yeah. You're, like, maximizing your potential, you know, when it comes yeah. to, like, to your physical body. Yeah. I, I'm trying. I, I remember being. I remember, I remember being like in the eighties and I was in my, I was in my twenties and I think, man, when 2000 comes, I'm going to be 35 and 35 wasn't shit, you know, now, <laughs> now, I, now I think I'm going to be 60 and it's like between 20 and 30 was, it felt like a long time between 30 and 40 got shorter between 40 and 50 now i'm thinking about what the hell, what's going to happen between 60 and 70 and i'm thinking fuck dude i'm only i'm only 13 years away from being 70 and what the fuck are you talking How about you right now 57 i mean you for being 57 i feel like you're still pretty like you're like in I'm, good shape you know <laughs> i'm pretty fly for an old guy <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm pushing the envelope, and I never have to had to do that before. Never have. Uh, now you know. Now it's like I'm tracking macros and nutrients and and calories. I'm tracking workouts, and I'm doing all everything I can. I feel like a professional fucking athlete trying to maximize my potential, and the potential is is waning. And that's that's fucking scary, Holmes. That's scary shit. Like you said, you know, nobody wants to get old, and t- and then you start. It really happens, and there's not sh- not shit you can do about it. I just don't want to be one of those dudes, you know. In my sixties, are cracking open my chest and you know, putting veins from my legs into my chest and all that shit. I don't want to fucking do that. That's that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I think for a lot of people. I mean, even for me too, like. One of the reasons why it's so daunting is because you don't want to have like, uh, um, like they always say, you know, like don't, like don't get old and then have like regrets in life, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, as far as we know, this is like the only life we got. So yeah, um, we should yeah. try to like do as much of the things that we actually like doing. Or want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm still like, but I think, like I said, as you get older, that mindset kind of changes a bit um, to the point where it's not so like, uh, it's not so daunting, you know, you kind of accept the reality of like, hey, I'm getting, I'm getting older. Yeah. And the things that you think you want to do, you're like, I don't really, I never really want to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I I don't know. Um, I had a good. I've had a, a decent life up till now. You know, I've, I, and I. It's funny how you think. You talk about um, things that you you recovered from. Well, those are the things that, it, like, a recovered alcoholic and all the drugs I did and the the, the, the sex and the. I've been a bartender. I've been a truck driver. I've been a factory worker. I've worked in mental health. I've worked, you know, just this long fucking list of things that I've been. And like 
earlier when I said I, I, I have trouble keeping a job. Well, that's worked to my favor in a lot of ways because now I, I can fix anything. I can, I've been a mechanic. I've been a tow truck driver. I've been, you know, whatever, whatever I could find that was, that was interesting at the time, but it added to my arsenal of things that I can do. And that's a cool thing to have, but here's, here's the deal. No matter what you know, you're taking it with you, brother. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, no matter what you know or what you have. Yeah, no matter what you've experienced, you're taking it with you. You're you're not going to be able to pass it along. And I like to tell people, I was like, if you're unhappy, man, fucking change it. Because it from 20 to 50 is like, what the fuck just happened? You know? Yeah. Yeah, my kids were little and I was living in West Virginia and working in a factory and then all of a sudden I'm sitting here doing a podcast in Bakersfield, California. You're like, wait, wait a minute. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the way I also, I also try to like, look at my, I don't know, time here, I guess is like right now, for example, I'm like 27 mm-hmm. and um, I think about all the like shit and like stuff I've done in my 27 years of life. Yeah. And I mean, most of it was like my adolescence, you know, and like childhood and stuff. So, I mean, I have like a faint memory of some of that. Um, But I mean, 27, I feel like I did a lot like of living, I guess, in those 27 years. So like, let's say I double that and that's what, 54? Yeah. So I feel like from now to 54, that's like another 27 years of like all the stuff that I've done. So I feel like putting in that perspective, it seems like a long time. Okay. Because I think I've done a lot in 27 years. So, you know, 54 is not like super like old, you know? Right, right. So you feel like, oh, you still do like a lot because you still have, you know, another 27 years, hopefully. And it's like, it kind of makes it seem like, like you have more time, you know? Yeah, isn't that okay? I I remember I I do I still do think like that as like well I'm fifty four and then I've I've done a lot and then all the kids are going to be grown and gone. Ivory will be gone, so I've got this I, I've got this time in my life that's going to look kind of like the first twenty years, twenty seven years of my life, but in reverse. Instead of being a child. And then grow into adulthood. I'm going to go from adulthood back into old age. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, it's like flipping the thing around, but what's fucking terrifying. And and I do mean in ways that I can't, you know, describe it. You can write fucking dark poetry about it or or shit like that. What, what's hard to fathom is, you know, you think you're thinking, well, 27 and I got 27 more years. And then I'm thinking, I only have 27 more years. You're thinking I have the next. I'm thinking this is it. You know, this is this is the winding down of life and I don't know, man. I I I don't think that there's any um like like overarching meaning to this life. I think it's kind of accidental. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so so there's there's no purpose, and 
you know, ethics and morals and, and all the philosophies of, about living. We just made that shit up. So we, at, at when you start getting older, you start to look and think, okay, what's real here? What's What do I really need in order to maximize what I have left? And why the fuck didn't I maximize what I had? And that's the thing I try to tell people. Dude, like I said before, if you're unhappy, fucking figure it out because it's so fast. If you're not doing what you think you need to do in order to make yourself happy, you better fucking change because it's over before you fucking know it. And someday, some dude in his 80s will tell you the same thing. It goes so fucking fast. If you're not happy, you're wasting your time. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people also have different like uh, expectations of what they want their yeah. life to be, you know? Yeah. Like... um. Like you, you know, you're very like, uh, I think you said you're like an adrenaline junkie, you know? So you like to like skydive and like rock climb and stuff. And like, yeah, those absolutely. are like great, like those are like super cool things, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, if you've never like, if those aren't things that like interest you or that, you know, you want to like cross off like some sort of bucket list when you're older and you're like, oh, I never went skydiving, but yeah. I never really wanted to go skydiving. Then it's okay with you, you know? Yeah. Like, if your goal in life is to, like, hey, I want to, you know, just, like, just have a decent paying job, settle down, and, like, raise my kids, and, you know, just kind of live, like, on cruise control, um, then that's perfectly fine, you know? And if your goals are, like, hey, I want to, you know, accumulate as much, like, wealth as I can, or, like, do this and do all these things, um, like, that's also fine, you know? We have different, like... We all have different like things we value in life and what we want to do with our lives. Yeah. So I mean, there's different ways to kind of achieve that feeling of like, okay, like I have no regrets, you know. Like I just wanted to raise a family and have like a few kids and you know, put them in a position to succeed. Yeah. And I did that, so I'm I'm content and I'm good. I, I, that's a good way. That's a good way of looking at it. I think that if you Here's how, here's how I would, the, my advice to you, to anybody your age, if you feel restless, that's, that's your inner core being telling you that you're missing something, you know, I felt restless my entire life. And like you said about adrenaline with like snowboarding and skydiving and rock climbing, those are the only times in my life that that restlessness goes away. And that's why I do it because, you know, getting a new job doesn't, it doesn't curtail that I'm missing something here because I don't look at work as something that's uh, to fulfill my life. I look at my work as getting the money to fulfill my life outside mm -hmm. of work. It's that. So, my eight hours or nine that you spend at work, I just want them to be calm and maybe I'll learn something you know, and I'll be friendly and be, have a, have a good atmosphere at work. So when you don't have a good atmosphere at work, when I don't have it personally, that's when I got to go. But if you were feeling restless in your life, if you're, if you're constantly like me looking at the sky and thinking, 
something's missing, something's missing, something's missing. And, and that may sound like mental illness, but I feel like to me, it's just myself telling me, Hey man, live your fucking life. Go do something that's fulfilling. Go do something that will end this feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very good, like, uh, like a, a very good way of like being able to tell, like, if that's like really what you, what you want to be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you feel restless during it, um, then it might be time to kind of like reconsider your, your, uh, your options or like your choices, I guess. Yeah. But it, I think it also like, there's also this very like heavy, like, I think there's a lot of pressure when it comes to like people figuring out what they want to do. And like nowadays, like by 18, by the time you like get out of high school, like you're supposed to know like, Oh, this is what I do. What I want to do for the rest of my life. Ah, fuck dude. I'm 50, almost 57. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think people should, uh, like they shouldn't hold themselves to those standards. Cause then they're like 24 and, they're 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 still unsure and by that time they like think they're like a failure you know yeah especially when they look at like their peers around them like they have kids or like they they have a job or you know whatever yeah that is the thing with your generation isn't it that's a an occurrence no there's a lot of uh your late 20s you feel like you feel like oh my god i i don't have like Jim and Sandy have two kids in a house and i'm fucking working behind the counter at the store here you know yeah. Like even for me, like I only recently kind of like figured out like what path I want to go down mm-hmm. when it comes to like career and like, okay, so this is the career that I want. And then this is how I obtain that, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm gonna have to go to school. I have to get my MSW, like, you know, this, this and that. And, you know, I'm already like 27. So, uh, I mean, there's like people that I graduate high school with that, like, they you know they finished college they're they they got a job like they they're raising a family so i in my mind i know like by the time i achieve those things i'll probably be like in my early 30s um and for a lot of people like that would be like terrifying you know yeah because it's like oh like you like you're already like super late and like all these things but yeah but here's the thing dude i kudos to you because you took that time to figure it out. So here's you, you're, let's say you're 32, you got your MSW, you're a couple years into your, into your career. Then maybe you're going to get married and you're going to have kids. And then you're 35. By the time you have kids, you look at people who got 13 year old kids at 35, they've missed every fucking thing that you did. You're going to concerts. Now you're doing, you know, you're traveling around, you're fucking getting drunk at parties. You're, fucking around having a good time and those people are going to have this sense of they missed out and you're not you're just going to be like no man i fucked around i had a good time in my 20s and then i decided i I didn't start college till i was 27 28 and then i never finished until i was um, 50 because i kept dropping out because like my mindset for things is i i would go so far into a degree and be like well fuck that man i don't want to do this and i would change majors and i change majors 
have I, I, I think I've talked about it. I started English, went to history, went to psychology, dropped out, came back in psychology, switched to philosophy, dropped out, came back in <laughs> behavioral science <laughs> and finished with behavioral science and, and history. But here's the thing. If you look at my college transcripts, there's almost enough on there for three degrees. So, so I got a really good education, man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like I said, a lot of people tend to like compare themselves, you know, to, to other people around them. Yeah. And, um, you shouldn't do that. Also, yeah. Also what you have to realize is like, since like, we don't know like their actual like personal lives, like a lot of people, you know, they'll spend all this time like early on, like, Hey, like, you know, finishing high school and college and, you know, getting a job. And then like three years into their job, they're like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. You know? And then the, like those people feel almost stuck because, you know, they spend all this time and money and it's like, why can't start all, start all over, you know? So I'm just going to have to like tough it out. And that's the part that people, a lot of people don't see. Cause I feel like that happens a lot, you know? Yeah, it does. It happens quite a lot. And I think that's why there's such an unrest in our, in, in our culture is everybody's Next. not doing what they wanted, you know, wanted to do, or they've settled. And there's another, there, there's another fucking piece of wisdom from an old guy. Never settle Lalo. Fuck that. Don't do that, man. You will be a miserable motherfucker within months if you settle for a, a house that you or a car. I'm sure you've done something. I'm sure you've bought, you went out to buy a certain thing. They didn't have it. So you settled on something else. And then you looked at that thing like, fuck this. I don't want that. I wanted the other one. I should have waited. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that happens with marriages. That happens with jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jump right into shit and you're like, well, I'm, I'll, There's a reason half of them don't work out. Yeah, exactly. Well, three-fourths of mine didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> you're above the uh, – you're, you're in the next uh, standard deviation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we taking mm. statistics? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I you're, you're doing a good thing, man. You're doing a good mm. thing. I, I'm – my plans now are because uh because I never stayed with a job th certain things happen there there's certain consequences to that and they're very very devastating like I don't have any you know retirement I don't have a retirement account so what I'm having what I'm having to do now and I don't mind I, I'm going to become a, a I'm going to come back to the county and I'm going to go back to school like you. I'm going to come to L LMFT. So that'll allow me to work until I'm 65, 66, 67, whatever they make mm -hmm. retirement age when I'm, when I'm get there. And um, then I, I mean, can even just, then, like I could just work part time. Yeah. I was going to say, you could still like do stuff after that. Yeah. And that makes me feel like I'm doing something because being off work, uh, drives me crazy it, it it drives me into projects and just all kinds of stuff i i can't sit still and um i have to feel i useful i guess is, is a word because I, I can paint and do art and draw and 
and all that stuff in the back of my head, I'm thinking you, you need to do something useful. This isn't useful. And even though it is, but there's that psychology of being a human being driven to psychology of being a human being in a capitalistic system. And that's what, where your mindset comes from of, oh man, I got to make a decision now. Mm, you don't. You can work behind the counter for five, six years. Nobody gives gives a shit. Yeah. And I think a lot of that also has to do with like, um, like that image that you project, you know? Like you yeah. want to come off as like a successful person that has their shit figured out, you know, at, you know, 21. Yeah. And it's like, that's just not, <laughs> I would say for most people, that's not very like realistic or even achievable for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I lived a dual life at 21. I was, you know, dad and partier at the same time. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out too well. That's fine. That's fine. No, no regrets, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I think that would be like the worst thing. Like, you know, you do all these things because, it's what you think you should do. And it's the things that people around you expect you to do. But then when you're like actually doing them or when you get done with them, you realize like, well, it's not really what I wanted to do, you know? Right. And then you're kind of, uh, that's when you get those like deep, like regrets, especially when you're like older and you get later in life, you're like, whoa. And I, I think that's probably like one of the worst feelings you can have. Cause you're like, that's one thing you can't really like take back, you know, the time. Yeah. Like once it's done, it's done. And it's like, I can't imagine being like 65 and it's like, you look back at your life and it's like, I didn't want to do most of the things that I did. I just thought I had to, or I just thought, or, you know, like there was certain pressures put on me to do those things. Yeah. And now I'm here 65, like, you know, alone or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. To me, that would just be like terrifying. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think a lot of angry old people are just sad. They're not really angry. They're sad because they missed out. They feel like they missed out or life wasn't fair or, you know, and there's, there's a thing right there that when you get a hold of it, you know, and you can hear it all the time. You can hear Matthew McConaughey sitting on the stool in front of the, the classroom saying life isn't fair. And everybody's like, yeah, that's true. But when you get really get a hold of that philosophical concept of there isn't a fair system here, it, it's, you know, you, you can take your kid to the zoo and get side side swiped and, and end up on a completely different path because somebody made a decision that didn't even affect you. You just happened to be in the area when it fucked up. So life isn't fair. And when you get a hold of that, if you could get a hold of it when you're your age and think, okay, all the bad things that are happening or going to happen or happen to me, it has nothing to do with fair. It's, it's just, I gotta, I gotta stand up, brush myself off and, and get going back to work. But that, when you sit in, at age 70, 75, and you look back and think life wasn't fair, you're, you're doomed. You're doomed to be angry and sad and have all kinds of negative emotions about it. So maybe, you know, maybe when that 
our conversation today is about just don't uh, don't blame yourself. Don't blame others. Just get to work, you know. Just do the work that you want to do. Do the yeah. thing that you want to do. Yeah, and I always tell people, like, just, like, if you're going to stress out and, like, worry about things, make sure those things are all stuff that you can that you can control you know yeah because when you start to worrying and stress about things that are out of your control and out of out of your hands like that doesn't do anything for you you know yeah don't you think there's things in the gray area there too though yeah you know like the the motivational people will tell you you know don't you know separate separate everything and like you just said things i can control and things i can't control well when i'm when I'm bored, when I'm broke and, and rent's due tomorrow, that's kind of in my control if I can figure it out, but kind of out of my control if I can't, you know? Yeah. So worry is, wor- God, I, worry, stress, anxiety, guilt. There's all kinds of things that are, that are happening to people at, constantly, like the person that wants to go, you know, do something what everyone else would consider frivolous. I want to go be a poet. Okay. And you sit down and you start writing poetry and then you quit your job because you got some poetry published and you want to do it full time. You want to be an artist and people, then you got the guilt of, am I doing the right thing for my family? Am I doing the right thing for myself? And people are down on you. And I think we should, if, that's where capitalism is. It just sucks because it sucks the life out of, of creative people if they can't monetize their creativity. Yeah. And it's one of those things where uh, a lot of people want to, they almost use it as a way to like say the opposite thing. Cause they'll say like, well, you know, we have all these great like inventions and like creative things in capitalism out of like necessity you yeah know? and um i don't think it should be that way like we shouldn't be creating these things because you're like you know about to become homeless or something like true like create like creativity at its like full potential it's when you can like free think and like not have to worry about any like external things yeah that's where like true creativity comes from. Not from like, Hey, I got to fucking make, finish this painting by this week. Cause I got to sell it. Yeah. And I got to like make rent, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think a lot of books were written on, uh, uh, well, let's say classics. A lot of books right now are written on deadlines because it did, you know, it's published date is this, you have to finish it by then. Yeah. But a lot of the classics, you know, I don't think Herman Melville was like being leaned on while he was writing Moby Dick because his rent was due. Yeah. And I mean, that applies in like a lot of different like mediums, you know, like, hey, like a lot of people, you know, they have hobbies. They might yeah. be like a, like a woodworker or like they like to create things, you know. And for a lot of people, like they'll do that like on their free time, you know, like mm-hmm. after work or like on the weekends. And I think it's very liberating when it's like, like truly a hobby. You're not using it as a, like, almost like a second income, you know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I work full time, forty hours a week, but that's not enough. So I have to like make 
like wood tables on the side. <laughs> I have to make wood tables on the side. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a craft. bad thing to like do things like that and like, you know, sell them and, you know, trying to perfect your craft. But it shouldn't be like, like I said, out of necessity, you know? Yeah. I, I Guitar. I will never make a dollar playing a guitar, but I enjoy it. It's just something I do. So I write poetry. I'm never going to make any money writing poetry. And it's just something I do. And I think you're right that we should. Those are things we love that fulfill us in ways that our jobs and our relationships and our children and all the things that we have, these things that place burdens on us. Poetry places no burden on me. Guitar places no burden on me. It's just something that I sit down, pick up, and play for as long as I want. And I'm not here to, you know, I got to perfect this lick here. I got, I'm not like that at all. So I just play because I love it. And I think everybody should have something like that. Yeah. And That's I mean, why men have penises. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we play we with get, them because we love them. <laughs> we, and then also people get, like, we're able to get fulfillment out of, like, a lot of different, like, avenues, you know? Yeah. Like you said, you know, and it could be, like, the same person getting, like, um, finding like that fulfillment in life through different avenues. You could be like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, go spend time with like my kids at the park. Yeah. And like being at the park could like be super rewarding to you. And like, it's one of those things where you like look back at and it's like, I'm glad I did that, you know? Yeah. But you could also be that same person and like spend an afternoon, like you said, like in your garage with like your guitar, just trying to like perfect the song that you've been trying to play. Yeah. And like, once you finally get it, it's like, you know, ecstasy. It is. It is. I remember the first lick I ever learned was smoke on the water, but deep purple. And I was like, I got it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, it's like you said, no one's ever going to like, like be there to see you get in. No one's ever going to like pay you all this money. <laughs> exactly. But it's still like probably one of the most rewarding things. Exactly. Did it. Cause I wanted to and figured it out on my own and that's cool. And like I said, when my kids were young, my daughter, my daughter still tells all of her, you know, her, still tells the stories of when she was young and I would just be walking the room and I'd say, get packed, we're leaving. And the only question they would have is how many days? And I would just tell them <laughs> and we would just go. And that's when um, we would just get in the bug. I had a 72 Volkswagen and just shoot over the hill and spend a couple of days in, in LA or over on, over on the coast. Those are those are the good best some of the best times of my life. There was no, there's no pressure on me at that point. I'm just spending time with my kids. Yeah, and it's it's a. I mean, I'm not like I don't have any kids yet, at least. But it's one of those things that I think when you're a young person, especially if you're like in a relationship, you're always like everyone's always asking you like. Oh, when you're gonna have kids, you know, like when you guys getting married, and uh, yeah, I've kind of learned to like, <clears throat> kind of just like laugh it and like shrug it off, you know. Um, Is your girlfriend of, also laughing and shrugging it off? Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it's that's a decision between like you and the other person, you know. And I think, like, it might not seem like harmful. But I do think like comments like that, especially depending on like the situation and like the person or the people, um, can be very harmful. You know. Yeah. 
it's like uh, someone's like, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? Like, you've been together for, you know, so-and-so years. And it's like, well, actually, they've been trying to have kids for, like, the past two years. So, and now they're actually worried oh. that they might have, like, infertility issues. Yeah, but they're not going to tell you that, you know? <laughs> so it's like... And not until they end the friendship anyway. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, actually, we were pregnant, like, last month or, like, last year, but... You know, we had a miscarriage. Like those aren't things people are just gonna like rebuttal with. You know? Yeah. Well, so, I would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be most me. people at least. Well, you got. There's this thing, man, where you internalize things like that, and that creates. And I, you know what? I didn't learn. I, it's one of those things. Here, here is another thing that age brings you, is internalizing things that other people say without actually telling them is a, a real good way to create animosity. And uh, you, as a psychology student, you, sh- you know that. So if you have the courage now, when someone's like, well, when are you guys going to have kids? It's like, well, we've been trying to have kids for two years. And, you know, that stops that fucking conversation from ever happening again. Instead yeah. of it happened this week, and then next month you get with them and you're having dinner and they're like, when are you guys going to have kids? They're not going to do that again if you just straight up tell them. <laughs> we don't know if we can. That's true. Yeah. So take that take that advice and run with that one, Lalo, because that'll, that'll stop a whole lot of bullshit in your life. You don't have to be mean about it. You know, you don't have to... You don't have to be like, well, we're trying, you fucking asshole. What do you, what do you want? You know? <laughs> yeah. But I could also understand why that might be like hard for a lot of people to kind of yeah, like put out there, you know, especially like a topic like that. Well, it's yeah. Very, uh, it's very because, like deeply personal. Yeah, it's deeply personal, but it's hurting your feelings is what it's happening. And you can be tactful about it. You know, you can figure out how. Because those questions, you're right, are very damaging, especially when. And especially they don't when you seem just, damaging a lot of the times, you know. They seem yeah, very, like, harmless and playful, and. Yeah, fine. the person asking is not in the situation. They're just like, "Hey, when are you all going to get married?" And you know, when are you going to have kids? And are you going to buy a house? And there could be all kinds of obstacles in the way of those. Huge. Those are huge marriage. Buying a $400,000 house, having kids, all those things shoot you into different directions in life. And if you're having trouble having kids or having trouble with your fucking credit score, you know, all kinds of things, those questions are very damaging. And you can just shut people down. You can shut them down nicely, but instead of the conversation going on and on and on, then later on, Instead of ruining that friendship, that person is just quiet about that. And then later on, you could say, hey, guess what happened? My wife's pregnant. And then that's a celebration. Yeah. Instead of like a, oh, finally, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You don't know, you know, that trouble. Hey, my wife got pregnant. Well, it's about fucking time. And you want to tell, you know, you listen to you, son of a bitch. We just spent $30,000 at a fertility clinic. What do you fucking mean it's about time? Yeah. Yeah. So be honest with people. I've learned that. I, dude, seriously, I have to say this. I, I learned 
to be honest in my relationships with people as my wife, my kids, and it has made my life a lot better. And it has, it's been uncomfortable at times for sure. Like you said, it's really hard to say things that are personal, but instead of living with all that internalized anger or guilt or, you know, holding something against somebody, it's real fucking easy just to sit down and say, Hey, let me talk to you about this thing that's happening. You're doing this and this is what it's creating in my life. And I, I, I don't want to end the relationship, but I want that part of you to stop doing that to me. And then there's an explanation, there's an apology or there's a working it working out. And then that bond grows closer. You know, if you tell you, because the animosity that you hold towards your, your significant other, because of something that they're doing or saying is not allowing you to bond to them. So if you just sit down, you're fucking honest and say, this is the feelings that I'm having. This is what's happening. And well, fuck man, you, you know, all this, you're going to be, you're going to be a, a social worker. So, you know, about familial bonds and being honest with each other. And yeah, it's, you're absolutely right though. It's hard as fuck to sit down and tell, mm-hmm. you know, tell your wife to pour out your fucking heart to this person. But yeah. I, you know what? I found out all the things that I fear to talk about with my, with my wife. When I pull them up, lay them on the table calmly, we discuss them. She's very understanding. She's like, I had no idea. Instead of getting angry, She's like, I had no idea. So that's some good advice for people out there that are holding things against your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your friends or your boss. Sit down very calmly, you know, think it through. Don't be angry when you're, you know, when you're delivering your, your, your hurting my feelings message, be very calm about it and say, this is what's happening and I'd like to move past it so we can have a better relationship in the future. Yeah. And I, I mean, even now, like that's one of the things I'm that one of my classes like deals with is that like, um, like interpersonal communication, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times, you know, one of the most important factors is how you approach like a situation and like the words you use and the, the tone you use, you know, yep. that could, that could heavily, uh, decide like not only like the outcome of the you know conversation but like how the other person reacts to what you're telling them you know yeah like if you come if you like come at someone you're like hey like like fuck you like you know we've been trying blah blah like they might get like defensive you know yeah and it's like oh well you know i didn't mean it that way and then you 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 know like argument breaks out but then if you kind of like like you said like let them down softly like hey um, actually we've been kind of trying, like, <clears throat> is it okay if you, uh, like, don't bring it up. Cause and you know, it makes me or like, it makes my partner like uncomfortable. Right. They'll <laughs> be like, you, we've totally, been trying. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I, I can't imagine anybody else, like anybody hearing that would be like anything, but like respectful about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's- it's hard to especially because maybe up. they might even gone through like a similar situation, you know. So, or that at least at the very least they know someone who's gone through it, right? So, I think 
don't think don't don't take these things personally either, Lalo. You know, it's not it's not even though you feel like and we'll use the same example. Even though you feel like you know your friends coming to you and attacking you, they're not because. Say you go to your your girlfriend and you say, oh, we need to talk. And you sit down and you say, whenever you say this or whenever you do this, this is how I'm interpreting it. And even though, and you can say, you know, you'd be completely honest. You could say, even though I know you, you're not meaning it that way, psychologically, I'm still interpreting it that way. And I, I need to talk about it. And those are things that, you that's being honest with yourself, which, you know, when people piss you off, sometimes you're like, they didn't mean it that way, but God damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know you didn't mean it this way, but this is how I felt about it at the time. And, and we need to sit down and talk these things through. And, uh, my, this, this current relationship that I'm in has gotten a lot better because over the last I'm going to say two years. Um, we've started to, instead of internalizing things, we just, you know, and call it on right then. Or if yeah. he, if he makes you mad, come back to it in a few hours or a few days. But people tend to, um, <laughs> people tend to let things build up and let things build up and let things build up. And then you remember 10 months ago, you motherfucker, you know, it's like, what? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. But they yeah. do. But they do because they, it happened. You hurt their feelings. They stewed in it for 10 months and then you triggered them again. And they've just been psychologically looking for that trigger, not, not um, searching out cognitively, but, in their mind, they're waiting for that time to bring that up, and they're going to bring it up in an angry way. Well, if you just flip, flip the switch on that and say, you know what, that really fucked with me. I need to, I need to talk. What did you mean by that? What did you? Why did you do that? Why? What did you mean when you said this? And those ways that communication works. And the fucking stupid part is, Lalo, I've been taking those classes for thirty years, and I always applied it to other people, but not to myself. Yeah, I think that's always the hardest. It's always yeah. like they say, it's always hard to take your own advice. So yeah, I think that's just human like behavior, like natural human <laughs> behavior. That's it's one of those things that it's very hard to like do, but I mean, it, it is possible. Okay, but why answer riddle me this? <laughs> you take your first psychology class, and I'm sure you remember it your first psychology class, and it's easy to diagnose yourself as a sociopath. Why isn't it easy to take your first communications class and go, oh, well, that's me. I need to stop doing that. Because <laughs> I think it, one of those is implying that you're in the wrong. Yeah. Oh, people don't like to be in the wrong. Yikes. Smart, man. Nice. You just schooled me right there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, that's, I think that's when you really like turn a page when you're able to like, kind of uh, like take a step back and be like, hold on, like I'm doing this or like I'm in the wrong. Um, let me try to like change my attitude or change my, my mindset, you know? Yeah. And I think that's when you get like the real like progress and, 
and change like going. Wow, dude, you're pretty smart for 27. <laughs> can you can you apply that shit to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I do it all the time, like, especially now, like, in these classes that I'm taking. Because, I mean, for the most part, like, my college career, I guess, it's been a lot of, like, filler, like, fucking geology classes and, like, <laughs> you know... You, like you bring up that life. geology class a lot for bullshit classes. <laughs> whenever whenever you're talking about one of those bullshit class like fucking geology, you always bring that one up. <laughs> yeah, because I mean I feel like that's very like that's a very obvious bullshit class. Unless you're gonna be a geologist and it's like your bread and butter, but for right. me I'm I'm good on it. But well, you know like, that geologist is like that fucking psychology class I had to take. Like that's gonna help. And that's fine, because I mean there's that's not <laughs> exactly. what they're studying, so I would agree with them. Um, but like now my classes are more like, uh, specialized, you know? Yeah. Or more focused on actual like psychology and stuff. More on your degree. Than, yeah. yeah. So I'm more like, uh, I mean, naturally I'm more like interested in them and I pay more attention and I, <clears throat> like, I like doing the readings and like all these things. So, um, I'm actually like what I found myself doing or happening a lot of the times is that I'll. I'll read something like a topic or like a term in in the book and it's like, oh, I knew that, but now I know like there's like a name for it, you know? Yeah. So now you can like explain it to people if you need to. Um, so it's like I've always talked about like, oh, it's very important, like uh, not only what you say, but how you say it, you know? Right. I always, I always tell people that. And now I learn like, oh, that's called um, – like message encoding and decoding. Right. Um, like decoding is how you perceive things, like how you perceive what other people say. And encoding is what you put out, you know, like right. the word you choose. So now like you have an avenue to not only understand it for yourself even better, but if you need to like explain it to other people. And I found myself like doing that a lot, especially in my communications class. Um, like kind of understanding like, hey, like, there's a term for this, and, you know, this is what it does. And um, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's been very, uh, like, helpful. It is, man. It is. And the more education you get, the better it gets. If yeah. you are, if you are, um, if you're working towards enlightenment, if you're working towards, look, man, if you're working towards a degree, you're not going to, you're not going to memorize anything. If you're working for money, you're not going to memorize anything. You're going to memorize what you need to memorize and what you need to say. But if you truly are entering, entering into what we do uh, for a living, it really doesn't, the money's important for us to live, but our jobs are super important because we're dealing with people and trying to make people have a better life. So, if you're really truly going to do that, you start to learn the philosophy of it and the psychology of it and all the angles that people come at you and you start to break people down into categories and, okay, you have this problem. We'll do, we'll do this with it. So it's very, I like the thought of becoming a therapist because I can sit down and do what we just did for an hour is talk through things. And, 
talk about things to try to help people have a better life. And I think a common thread that you and I have had for the last two years, we've been doing this 43 episodes, however long that's been, a common thread is politics. But within that politics, there's always been this philosophy and the psychology of it. And what you said earlier hit the nail right on the head, dude. People don't want to change because it affects them in way, you know, they don't want to say they're wrong. Yeah. It affects their perception like of themselves, of themselves. And nobody wants to be wrong, but here's the thing. If you can learn how to be wrong, mistaken, your life's going to be so much fucking better because you know what, you know, and other people know what they know, and there's so much out there to know that you could quite possibly be thoroughly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you know what you know, and you don't what you don't. Right. And I, I have all this information, and I've come to this conclusion, and somebody comes in and says, um, I have a bit more information on that subject, and I think it's going to change the way you think. You can do one of two things. You can reject that and say, no, I, this is what I know. This is from my experience. But if you go back and tell that person, okay, your experience from this point backwards is what you've learned. And that's other people's input. Somebody may have told you that somebody may have done something that you learned from. So here at this point where you think you've made up your mind and you're solid with that ideal, you shouldn't be. You should never. You should always be open to every fucking thing because things change so rapidly now. You might be. You might be fucking wrong. And what if that? What if that thing could save your life? Or what if that thing could open up other avenues for you when you're on this road towards towards this conservative QAnon Trumpism? You know, or. Or the other direction where you're on this road to this liberal, you know, left-wing theology and then you're doing all this shit and somebody comes along and says, hey, wait, man, you need to, you need to consider this. What if you did and you considered and you got off that road and you open up your life even more and suddenly the world's a different place. It's a better place or maybe worse, but you don't, you think that we need to understand at any point in time, any decision we've made about anything, we could be wrong. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times we are wrong. Like, um, like people are, we're wrong more than we realize, you know? I think we're wrong more than we're right. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like you said, it's about being able to, to recognize it and to kind of uh, like adapt ourselves based on actually being able to recognize it yeah, and like accepting it and saying like, you know, being wrong isn't necessarily like a bad thing because a lot of times you, you learn from it, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes it so the next time you, you can make a better choice or a better decision and, you know, maybe you won't be wrong next time. Yeah. I, I, I have a, a friend in my life told, you know, real hardcore, super Christian and, and, uh, w wouldn't ever consider any other religion because 
in the Bible, you know, it says don't, she, she had interpreted the Bible as don't entertain other religions. They're, they're, they're false. So I've talked to her for a long time about Buddhism, not being a religion in, um, here recently, she she came across this idea of me talking to her over a period of time. She said, when Jesus was born, three wise men came to him. And she goes, it just dawned on me that they weren't Christians. Right. That's right. And that's that was an epiphany that she had. And that opened up this avenue of Buddhism's 500 years older than Christianity. It's quite possible that Jesus was talking about Buddhism when he was talking about the Bible because the threads of Buddhism and Christianity are fucking huge. So she changed, she, instead of going from this narrow minded thing, she's now opened up her possibilities to say, Oh, other people and other religions may not be wrong. That's just what they believe. And that's what we have to do. If it takes us years we should always, you know, if we believe something all of our fucking life, it can throw us off when we find out we're wrong, but it can also be very liberating. <laughs> yeah. At the same time. It all depends on your, um, like your attitude towards it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We so. need to change. We need to be open to change. That's all. Yeah. It's like they say, uh, the only constant thing in life is change. So. Well, maybe we need to accept Donald Trump as the next president, dude. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know about that change. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he won't even run. He's just making it. Uh, I found something out the other day that um, I think I told you that his website like takes donations. Yeah. <clears throat> so people are donating because they're like uh, – because, I mean, a lot of people think he's he's going to run, you know, a lot of his base. Um, so they're, like, donating to his campaign. But as long as he doesn't actually announce it, um, he's not bound by, like, the certain, like, campaign, right. like, donation, like, limits and, like, rules. Because, I mean, he hasn't announced it. He just has a donation on his page, you know? Right. But, like, the moment he announces, oh, yeah, I'm running then it becomes campaign donations and there's like certain legal like limitations to those. Um, so I think he's honestly, I think he's just like conning people out of their money, like his base, like he's not even going to run. He's just going to take that money. And I mean, they were donated to him. So it's not like they could uh, get it back. Well, I don't want him to be president anyway. I want DeSantos to be president or maybe Don Jr. <laughs> no, I don't think he'll run, but, I can almost guarantee you whoever does run will try to sound as much like him as possible. So. Yeah, he'll run on that platform. They will. Of so, course. I mean, there probably won't be much of a difference. But will they have the fucking nutsack to do what he did when they were president? Or are they just a mouthpiece? You know, that's the thing. No, yeah, they're just a mouthpiece. Like they're they're Trump like in like mouth only, you know. Yeah, but you know the Not thing in action. The thing is, when he first became president, he wasn't he wasn't doing the things. It took him a while to realize that he could do it. He wasn't he wasn't pulling out of any accords or 
doing anything or starting any trade wars in the first year of that presidency. He was just more like, I, really? I can do this? <laughs> <laughs> like I won? <laughs> I, I did? Okay, cool. Let's pull out of that Paris thing. Okay, Mr. President. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, let's do that. Fuck yeah. And he's telling Melania at night, can you believe that they let me do that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Good talk. Good podcast. Yeah. I mean, it usually is, so. Yeah, it is. I'm always, I always come into it open-minded. You know, occasionally I've come in with some ideas of things I want to talk about. And sometimes I come in with ideas of things I want to talk about for like four weeks in a row. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> You can never like get that uh, transition or that segue in. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about this. I think that's the cool thing about you and I. We sit down and just talk, and that's, I don't know, a lot of good things come out of that. Yeah, a lot of good things come out of that. Like this week, listen, everybody, you're going to get old. Seriously. yeah. There's no, or you're going to die young. I mean, that's your choices. You're going to get older. You're going to die because Jeff Bezos hasn't about figured choices. it out. <laughs> yeah, they're not choices, your two, are they? Uh, possibilities. <laughs> you're, Avenue A, you're going to get old. Avenue B, you're going to die. I mean, it's like early. And in the end, you die anyway. So just be honest with yourself. Be honest with your the people that are closest to you. You know, you might be... Uh, thoroughly fucking wrong and you don't know it right exactly all right dude have a, you got anything to talk about next week um i'll try to find something i'm sure something in the news will pop up <laughs> join that There's social always. media platform and you and i'll mm-hmm. you and i'll troll people till we get kicked off yeah i'll try to share my uh interactions with okay you if, I, if i have any <laughs> all right, which i'm cool. sure i will <laughs> All right, man. It's been a good one. See you next week. Later, man. Later. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching the Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us and remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.